0: In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to wrap up the week by talking once again about how the climate-crazy activists are destroying our economy, destroying our national defense, and destroying our farmers' ability to even grow food so that we can eat. But that's all okay, because Jane Goodall just said at the World Economic Forum that we need to decrease the human population by 90% anyway. I'm Dr. Ever Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning, and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you so much for listening into the show. Well, as I said in the introduction, what I would like to do today is tie a bow around the previous conversations that we've had in the, oh, the last four or five shows here on The Rebellion, where, as you know, if you've been listening in, I've I've focused on farming, and how the climate crazies are shutting down farms and ranches and the entire food production industry across the world. I've shared with you the story of Sri Lanka and how they boasted, the prime minister of Sri Lanka, you know, the smart folks in the government, boasted of Sri Lanka being the first nation in the world to go 100% organic farming. And what was the result? a complete collapse of the farming industry in that country. They can't produce their food any longer. They used to export grain, and now they have to import it. And guess what? They're importing that grain from nations that actually do use a productive way to grow food. In other words, they use fertilizers. They use pesticides that actually result in a yield that is productive not only for the farmer but for the entire industry and provides enough food for people to eat and not starve to death. So, the lunacy of the government in Sri Lanka boasting of going organic while they then turn around and import food from nations that aren't. Now, what sense does that make? But yet, they're still virtue signaling, even while the prime minister has run out of the country and is now in exile in the Maldives because the people are mad. And shouldn't they be? They don't have enough food. Of course they're going to get angry. And that's not the end of the story. You've been following the farmers' rebellion in Holland, where their government, in its infinite wisdom, has imposed a law, an edict upon the farmers, where they have to decrease methane emissions by 40% between now and the year 2030. So just eight years from now, they have to decrease cow flatulence by 40%. And what's the result of that? Farmers are being driven out of business, and they can't grow food any longer. They can't grow beef. They can't grow crops. What's the result of that? The population doesn't have enough food. But yet, their prime minister struts before the World Economic Forum, boasting of their Green New Deal and how effective it is in saving the world. Well, who are they saving if they're putting people into mass starvation? And here in the United States, we have a story about Joe Biden rolling out an executive order on climate change. And I'm going to read that story to you. And the reaction from the left who, they're upset. They're saying that Biden hasn't gone far enough. And I'm going to explain to you what the left is actually calling for. And they're actually giving Biden a blueprint on how he can accomplish all of this, not through the legislative process, not by submitting himself to the three branches, the balance of powers that our forefathers drew up in our Constitution. You know, the legislative branch, the executive branch, and the judicial branch. No, no, just ignore all of that and use your executive authority act like a king, act like a despot, and impose your will on the American people and on Congress. Representative government be damned. Here's how you can accomplish all of this. We'll give you a blueprint. I'm going to share with you some examples from that blueprint that the left has has actually given Biden and how he has senators in his party encouraging him to do all of this. That's today's show. And the moral of the story at the end of the show is this. Farming and ranching is important. Farming and ranching gives you food to eat. And when we start imposing the will of elitists upon the farmers and the ranchers, elitists that don't know what they're doing, elitists that are following their emotions rather than the science, elitists who have bought the lie that the climate is changing, not because of natural effects, Sunspot activity, for example, the cyclical nature of our, of our climate, of weather. No, no, that isn't the explanation. We're so big and we're so grand and we're so powerful that we're the ones causing the climate change and we're the only ones that can fix it. We are the ones we've been waiting for and we are the change we seek, to quote Barack Obama as he stood before the nation during his inaugural address telling us that he could stem the ocean's tides because of his wisdom. He actually said that. Do you remember it? Well, here we are, and his protege, the man he chose as his vice president, is now in charge. And he is actually throwing billions of dollars at this lunacy as he shuts down our nation's energy industry and thereby... Compromises our national defense, compromises, if not destroys, our farming and ranching industry, just like they've done in Sri Lanka and they're attempting to do in Holland. And puts millions of people at risk of starvation and other discomforts that come with that, like not having enough energy to heat your home or turn on your air conditioner during this excessive heat. Oh, the way to solve that, you know, is more windmills. That'll provide enough energy, right? (laughs) These people have lost their ever-loved minds. They're fools. They're absolute fools. But let's take a break. And when I get back, I'm going to share with you this article about Joe Biden rolling out his executive actions on climate change and how the left is screaming to the high heavens that it hasn't gone far enough. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. So here's the story. Um, I'm reading this out of The Blaze, but it's out there on several different media outlets. This particular article for The Blaze is written by Chris Pandolfo, and it uh, it was published on July 20th, 2022. The headline is, Biden Rolls Out Executive Action on Climate Change but he doesn't declare a national emergency. But the left the left, isn't uh, satisfied with what he's doing, and they're actually giving him marching orders on how to move to the next step. Declare a national emergency, and therefore you can bypass Congress. You can bypass the legislative branch of our government, and you can basically impose your will on the economy, on ranchers, on farmers, and the American people, and how we actually live, whether or not we'll have access to enough uh, electricity to turn on our air conditioners, whether or not we'll have enough gasoline to drive our cars, whether or not farmers can buy diesel fuel to run their tractors. And oh, what about our aircraft carriers? Do they run on wind and solar? Last I knew, we didn't have the technology to do that. And how about our... uh, fighter jets. What do they use? Do we power those with solar energy or windmills? Last I knew we didn't do that. I mean, we need to be asking these logical questions that any elementary school kid ought to be able to think up. I mean, what are you going to do with your army, your navy, your air force, the coast guard? What are you going to do with the marines if they can't avail themselves of the fuel necessary to sail their ships, drive their tanks, and fly their planes. How do you think you're going to defend the United States of America against aggression if you deprive our military of the fuel that's necessary to run the machine? You cannot fight a battle without gasoline and diesel fuel and jet fuel. You can't do it. There's a thing called supply chains, supply lines, that are necessary when you go to war. What do you think they supply? They supply ammunition, they supply food, and they supply fuel. And you're not going to have any of it if you shut down our economy and you stop drilling for oil and natural gas. You can't run an Army, Air Force, and Navy on windmills. Again, if you're in elementary school or in, your, in junior high, you ought to be able to say what I just said and ask the questions I'm asking right now. How are you going to move those ships, fly those planes, and drive those tanks? I, I, just ask it. How are you going to do that? Anyway, I digress. Back to the story. President Joe Biden on Wednesday announced new executive actions. Anytime you hear that word, executive, those two words together, executive actions, beware. Beware. This means that they're sidestepping the Constitution, and they don't care about the three branches of government. They just don't care. They look at that as being a bad thing rather than a good thing. Because, after all, that whole system of government was designed and given to us by a bunch of white slave owners, you know, so nothing that we have right now in our constitutional republic is of any value. We need to tear it all down, discard it, and go with just imperial actions. Just just let the president do what he wants to do. Why don't we just inaugurate him as king rather than president, after all? And there shouldn't be any limitation on his powers. Just declare an emergency and do what you want. That's what they're doing right now. Okay, back to this story. President Biden on Wednesday announced new executive actions he will take to combat climate change, though he came short of declaring a national climate emergency as environmental activists have demanded. Again, when anyone says executive actions recognize that they don't care about the balance of powers or our constitutional republic, they just want to impose their will and... um, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch be damned. We've got the White House, we've got power, and we're going to impose our will on the American people, and we don't need that Constitution slowing us down. It's essentially what that opening paragraph betrays. It also says that what Biden's doing isn't far enough. The climate change activists, environmentalists, have demanded that he go further. Uh, Back to the article. Speaking in Somerset, Massachusetts, the president said that he will direct the Federal Emergency Management Agency to provide $2.3 billion in funding for a program to alleviate the effects of extreme heat. The White House said this funding will help communities increase resilience to heat waves, drought, wildfires, floods, hurricanes, and other hazards by preparing before disaster strikes. The article then goes on. Biden also spoke about new guidance from the Department of Health and Human Services making funding from the low-income home energy assistance program available for poor households to purchase air conditioning units and access community cooling centers. This is an expansion of the program's traditional role of providing assistance to families that need heat in winter, an expansion, the White House said was necessary for this new climate reality. Now I want you to stop and think. Okay, we're providing $2.3 billion to do what? Go buy air conditioners, okay, and enhance air conditioning units, cooling centers that run off of what? Windmills? Solar? No. No, I know you're going to say you've seen windmill farms and you've seen solar panels. That's all fine and good. If that supplements our energy supply, great, but that's all it does. You cannot power your electric cars. There is no energy supply for your air conditioner or your furnace unless you have a coal-fired or gas-fired power plant. You do not have an energy infrastructure without natural gas and coal. You don't. The technology does not exist. And if you impose these draconian measures top-down, rather than releasing the entrepreneur through free enterprise to solve the problem, you're going to have situations like Sri Lanka and Holland, and elsewhere around the world, where you're going to put farmers out of business, ranchers out of business, And as the result, you're not going to have enough food. And you're not going to have any fuel, any energy for those air conditioners that you just spent $2.3 billion on. What in the world are these people thinking? You can't plug an air conditioner into thin air. The air conditioner has to get its energy from somewhere. And it's getting its energy right now from three main sources a power plant that is powered either by coal or natural gas, that's source number one, or hydro, meaning a dam, or nuclear. That's where your energy comes from. That's where you get your electricity. Windmills and solar farms are a very minor supplement to our energy structure and grid. Very minor. And some would argue ineffective and inefficient. Not to mention all of the landfills that are being loaded up with old solar panels and discarded windmills. What are you going to do with all that stuff? That's really environmentally sound, isn't it? To have all of these landfills with all of these solar panels. that, By the way, were produced, manufactured in China through slave labor. That's a really great idea. That's real... That, that, that's, that's social justice at its best. That's what's going on right now. And Joe Biden is doubling down on this. But that's not good enough. That's not good enough for the radicals within his own party. Let me cite a couple. Back to this article. Biden has vowed to act on climate change in absence of additional legislation from Congress. Again, you know, separation of powers be damned. We don't care. We don't care about the Constitution. We'll do what we want anyway. But in spite of that, some Democrat lawmakers have called him to go further than simple executive actions. Does that bother you? Now, who are these people? Well, Senators Jeff Merkley, a Democrat of Oregon, and Sheldon Whitehouse, a Democrat of Rhode Island, on this past Monday said that Biden should make a national emergency declaration to seize additional powers under the National Emergencies Act to fight climate change. Now, what does that mean? Well, the article explains part of it. Were Biden to take such drastic action, at minimum, he could redirect spending at military bases to finance renewable energy projects. Take money away from our military? That's a great idea, isn't it? But environmental activists have demanded the president go even further and unilaterally ban crude oil exports, end offshore drilling, and halt hundreds of billions of dollars of U.S. investment in fossil fuel projects at home and abroad. Now, I want you to stop and think about what they're saying right there. Let's go back to what the National Emergency Declaration would allow Biden to do per the direction of Jeff Merkley of Oregon, and Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island. Of course, AOC and the crew, they're all behind this too. So is Schumer, and so is Pelosi. Thank the Lord that we've got Joe Manchin, who is stemming this tide, standing in the way. We need to continue to pray for Joe Manchin to have a spine, to stand strong and not back down in the face of this. And the Republicans to not waffle either. But let's talk about the National Emergency Declaration and what these radicals are actually suggesting that Biden do. They've actually given him a blueprint. Here it is. I'm reading right now from a website that's called Biological Diversity. And here's the headline on this website. It's actually linked in this article that, I just, uh, that I'm sharing with you right now. The headline for this particular biological diversity article is this, The Climate President's Emergency Powers, A Legal Guide to Bold Climate Action from President Biden. And here's what this document recommends to the President of the United States. Again, I want you to, I want you to stop. Who, who drew up this document? A bunch of liberal attorneys, a bunch of lawyers, who are activists, who think they can sidestep the Constitution of the United States and give our president a map, a road map, as to how to, how to um, impose his will, and their will, upon the American people and forget the legislative process. Here are the actions, the bold actions that they're recommending that our president take. Number one, halt crude oil exports. They go on and say this, After declaring a national climate emergency, okay, that's the pretext of this whole thing. First, if the president declares an emergency, that gives him the legal right to ignore the legislative branch, to ignore Congress, and just do what he wants. And they're telling him to do that. So after declaring a national climate emergency, the president can reinstate the crude oil export ban that was overturned in 2015 by Congress then they go on to say that this would cut greenhouse gas emissions by 165 million metric tons of CO2. That's equivalent to um, uh, closing down 42 coal plants on an annual basis. Again, those power plants that provide your electricity that you can plug your car into, plug your air conditioner into, you know, those power plants that are that that burn coal or natural gas, they need to be shut down. We're going to run our economy, and we're going to make everybody happy off of windmills and solar panels. It's not there, folks. The technology doesn't exist. And if you impose these artificial timeframes that are predicated on this uh, emotional alarmism, that's again, I'm going to say emotional rather than factual the facts don't care about your feelings but in their view the their feelings don't care about the facts we just know that the weather patterns are bad and therefore we need to be given power how to control your lives and if it shuts down farmers and ranchers we don't care so be it if it if it decreases the food supply well maybe that's good anyway because as i'm going to cover at the end of this show jane goodall just went to the world economic forum and said we need to reduce the world's population by 90% anyway. We We need to turn back the clock 500 years. That's the optimal human population for the Earth. Anything above that is a bad thing, and we should be working aggressively to get back to those levels. She said that. She said that. It's exactly the same thing that Eric Pianca said. I talked about that in a previous show this week. The guy at the Texas Academy of Science who, getting the Scientist of the Year Award in 2006, took to the microphone, told the media to turn off their recorders so that this couldn't get out into the public, but then proceeded to say, The world is in trouble, the earth is dying, and the only way we can solve this problem is a 90% reduction in the human population. And we don't have enough time for natural death Or even euthanasia or abortion to solve the problem. We need something more aggressive, he said. And then he actually said something like the Ebola virus. Well, it wasn't the Ebola virus that wreaked havoc worldwide, killing millions of people and shutting down our economy, putting businesses out of business, people out of work, compromising our national defense and putting farmers in jeopardy, was it? But it was a virus conspiracy theory? I don't know. I don't know. But it appears right now that there are elites conspiring to control you and to solve the problem of climate change at the expense of the human population. Number two on this list, stop oil and gas drilling in the outer continental shelf. It goes on and says this, after declaring a national climate emergency, They say that in every one of these bullet points. So, again, the pretext here is that the president can do anything he wants if he just declares an emergency. After declaring a national climate emergency, the president can suspend the operations of all offshore leases. In other words, stop drilling. It doesn't matter that our inflation rate is 9.1% right now and that you can't afford to put gasoline or diesel fuel in your car or truck. It doesn't matter that farmers are being driven out of business because they can't power their tractors. Because diesel fuel is too expensive, and in some cases, it's not even available. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. We should declare a national climate emergency, the president should, and suspend all operations of offshore leases. That'll solve the problem, won't it? While Russia and China continue to produce energy and gain control of the world economy, by making them the only sources to be able to fuel those air conditioners that Joe Biden is just spending $2.3 billion to purchase. And I guess they come with a little windmill. Maybe that will solve the problem. The next bullet point, restrict international trade and private investments in fossil fuels. After declaring a national climate emergency, the president can restrict the U.S. fossil fuel exports that are primarily derived from the Permian Basin. Curb fossil fuel imports. So you're going to curb exports and curb imports. In other words, these people want to curb the primary source of energy that runs our economy and keeps you cool and warm. And powers the tractors that the farmers need to grow your food. That's what they want to curb. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? That'll help with human flourishing. All about saving the planet. It's all about people, right? No, no, it's not. It's about power. Here's another one. Grow domestic manufacturing for clean energy and transportation to speed the nationwide transition off of fossil fuels. In other words, fossil fuel's bad. We need to transition now, just like they did in Sri Lanka. We need to tell all of you people to stop, stop using gasoline and natural gas. Start using windmills and solar panels. Tell farmers to do the same thing. Those tractors that you drive, put a windmill on it. That'll power that tractor. You can grow your food with that. And any petroleum-based products like pesticides or fertilizer... Oh, you can't use that stuff anymore either. It doesn't matter if your, if your yield goes down by 20 to 50% as a result of going organic. That's a better thing to do. Oh, and those millions of people that don't have enough food yet left to eat? Oh well, you know what, you know what, we've got too many folks in the world right now anyway. So, hmm, I'm going to conclude with this audio from Jane Goodall at the World Economic Forum. I want you to just listen to her. We cannot hide away from human population growth. Because, you know, it underlies so many of the other problems. All these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if there, were, if there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago. And what was the size of that population 500 years ago? About 90% less than what it is now. So we just need to get rid of 9 out of 10 people, I guess. For the good of the planet. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.